Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday in the middle of this literal blizzard? It is. It is not the 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 cool game company blizzard. It is the uh, oh my god! It's snowing like tornadoes of snow out there right now. I I mm-hmm. I, I would say that um, usually this is the time where I say that you usually get it worse than we do up here, but. Looking at the radar, it, we were smack dab in the middle of it. Then again, it's mostly the size of Indiana, so. You're right, right. So like the whole state's getting yeah, or the whole country actually. Um, although if you look at dip, it dips yeah, down. I heard I have like a, Florida. It's still 80 degrees. You're like God. Right, right. I have a coworker in Utah, and he said something about uh, about the other. My other uh, um, coworker were a team of three. He was in Vermont. And his family just moved like last week, and they're in Costa Rica, so I bet they're laughing it up. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the, you know, they com- they completely dodged. They'll, they'll come back though, and it will be weather. a big mess. But yes, they will have better roads, hopefully. Right by that time. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not sure how long they're going to be down there. Though they're moved. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, it's a uh, it's yeah. um yeah. I'm sure everyone now listening has, knows the big great storm of 2021 that that had happened, but it's um. It's a funny snow. I keep being like a little surprised. I, I, I've said it at least to Sydney four times today about how like I, we stand in our sunroom and we can see all around the snow coming around. Right. It, it's not like it's a, mm-hmm. you know, full down deluge of snow that you can't see across the street type stuff. It's right, it's totally right, right. visible and it's coming down in little small pieces, but it is accumulating fast. Mm. And at least here we've. I mean, but when I stopped looking, we were like four or five inches at least. So, I mean, I I think what's really happening is this is all just an elaborate promotion for BlizzCon Line. <laughs> yeah, clearly, and they're like, you know, stay home yeah, and uh, watch it. A literal blizzard to to drum up some uh, some attention for uh, for BlizzCon's <laughs> r- fully remote, fully online uh, convention. And they're like, e- even more named, so, you can be fully online. online. COVID or not. Exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah, we'll be talking about that next week. I actually was going to make the drive down again to watch it in person, but I think in light of this weather, I'm going to yeah. opt out of that. Always, we always had but, a good, uh, good time with the uh, playing Blizzard games all weekend and that kind of stuff, which is fun. Yeah, just watching all the different streams, competitions and stuff. I'm not sure if they're going to do... Um, big tournaments. I've never been huge into uh, the esports yeah. scene, so I don't. Know. I I but, was looking. I'm looking most looking forward to any Overwatch Two news. That's that's what I'm really really excited about. Sure. I, I know a lot of people are you yeah. know Diablo want to do, and I that's cool. I definitely want to see that. But man, I want to see some Overwatch Two stuff. Like I would love to see. Beta. Yeah, I think I think priorities for me are probably uh, Diablo, maybe Diablo Four, slightly above Diablo Immortal. Uh, what's happening next in World of Warcraft, and also classic. I've I've heard, and I can't tell whether it's YouTubers speculating or actual news, that they're going to go Burning Crusade in Classic, the first expansion, which is oh, really? kind of kind of wild. That was my my like peak of that game when I spent the most time playing. That's when I met my buddy Sean, who we had on about a year ago before, um, before Classic launched. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we're not talking about that this week. Let's, uh, let's talk about a a different kind of video game. Yeah. So this week we had a, a big thing kind of happen. I, I, you know, it's funny. It was, I thought it felt it was kind of big for just us. And then within a day of us yeah, playing, we find out it's, it's the biggest a, world. A, 
obscure, tiny little game. I'm sure, you know, nobody has heard of. They're probably just, you know, maybe a couple hundred people playing it these days. <laughs> He's being facetious. No, that's not true at all. I'm doing a bit. Right. We're we're talking about coffee stains. Uh, Valheim. Valheim. Yeah. Val there's no there's no D. Yep. I, I'm like, what what awkward like Norse-ish uh, word did they name the game? It reminds me of all the stuff in World of Warcraft that's um, that's Norse adjacent. Right. Like they have Odin, but it's spelled with a Y. Which, right. Well, this know, this is probably would this be. is clearly Vanheim, uh, which is a war, one of the nine realms. Um, so it's we right. it's really weird it that they called it realm. Valheim. I don't know, but I, I thought the intro text said it was a tenth world. Oh, may, maybe or yeah. not. You know, when you're talking to Hugin, which is one of Odin's ravens. Correct. Um, correct. But it's cool, anyway, right? Though it's, it's we've been we we've been yeah, playing if, it. And... If you haven't heard of this game yet, I'll I'll find and link a YouTube video in the show notes. It's somewhere between. What? Um, Trotsky calls it Terraria engineers, 3D, but I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, I mean that's that's particular to our group and the way that we play it. It's like it's like Minecraft, but with like uh, graphics, Skyrim <laughs> graphics, yeah, yeah. but maybe maybe Skyrim like ten or fifteen years ago instead right. of whatever like eight years, however old Skyrim is. Well, um, well, I mean, it, yes, but. It, the funny thing about it is that y you say that, and I totally agree. You're like, oh, it's got old graphics, but then again, everyone says this is just beautiful. Oh, this is so gorgeous, because well, yeah, it's, it's yeah. I mean, compared to Minecraft, it's a huge step up in graphics. And I love. I spent hundreds of hours in Minecraft, but ultimately, in Minecraft, everything was cubes and, and squares. Like this, actually has textures and voxels, and you know, animals that look vaguely real instead of you know a box with four little box like yeah and, and what what it, what the what the part that doesn't look great is the character models like the character models are the most basic they're not blocky like minecraft but they're blobs almost right they're very very low res textures right. and all that combines to make the game fairly small to download and it really works well in online in multiplayer considering everything that it's doing yeah Right. Like part of the reason Minecraft was so successful and the reason that it stayed those cubes is because that was easy to manage online with code. Yeah. Right. Like you just have box, you have cubes and they're either, you know, set or they're not um, where this has to manage, you know, all the all the different things you can do. So we've been playing this really just for like two or three days. It feels like a lot. But yeah. Um, but people, you know, it was the weekend. And so people were on and off all day. Um, you build a house, the building, um, the building system is a little bit like, um, space engineers or medieval engineers or, um, uh, fallout four had a crap, had a construction system like this. Like you, you have panels yeah. and half panels and, and all that stuff. And it vaguely conforms to a grid, a three-dimensional grid. Once you start, like once you put something down, the pieces will snap to the other pieces and there's sort of gravity physics and, and all of that. And then you, um, I don't know, I'm going real deep in the, in the technical <laughs> well, details here, but the, the, here's, here's something I want, I want to just clarify a little bit on here. Um, it, it is published for, through coffee stain publishing. The developer is actually, um, somebody called iron gate AB. That's yeah. right. So, That's so right. they're, uh, I am, 
Coffee Stain, I am familiar with them from Satisfactory and Deep Rock Galactic. Um, but I, I don't, it's weird that they have like publishers and developers. Not weird, but I mean, just for I, what I thought of was a small studio is doing a lot of this other stuff. Um, so yeah, but co and uh, Coffee Stain doing Satisfactory, which is still not out of alpha type or early access. And Deep Rock Galactic, which I think launched. Um, but all of their games the, right the, now are the just these early access games. Just early early access. I don't mind a game being in early access for a long time as long as they keep updating it. C correct, right? sure. You, you sure. get the sense that they're still working on it and that there is, you know, game to play. Like, I didn't need, you know, the, the old early beta of Minecraft that I played with no fall damage and no mob damage and no, you know, food or... Or active gravity or and like i spent hours in that doing you know building things because there was no progression yeah, right that yeah. that helps there was never anything to stop me there was any never anything going man if only we had you know dyeable wool yeah i could build something completely completely new or if, if only we had cats like yeah. i could do you know whatever there was always there was always something to do and that was my memory of satisfactory is that all of the game I had was really cool, but in the first version I played, it only went up to like the third or fourth mm -hmm. payload that you could send up the correct, elevator, correct. space yep. elevator. And then you were kind of done. Like I could, you know, try to refactor and improve my things. That's how those games work. We talked about uh, Dyson Sphere Project yeah. that we've also been playing. Um, Th this game interrupted my Dyson Sphere playing, by the way. Yeah, yeah, same. And I also... I also have been uh, just a little bit getting into um, a game called Hard Space Shipbreaker. Shipbreaker seems like the main title. Yeah. Um, did you ever play Space Engineers? I did not. I played Satisfactory okay. Run, and that was starting to get big, or was big. Yeah, I think yeah. Space Engineers was even. Or oh, was earlier, it even earlier? But okay. I don't know what to compare it to. So I, I mean, there are video game comparisons I can make, but the basic. Uh, concept of that game is you're a guy in a suit in zero g and your job is to take apart and scrap a derelict spaceship oh yeah right that's the that's the basic and the different pieces and materials go in three different places you have like a barge where you're going to collect parts that are still good like engines reactors chairs computer panels all of those things you can just take out as they are yeah and then there are materials, carbon, nanofiber, and whatever that the that the like armor plating on the ship is made out of. Yeah. You put those into a a hopper, a sort of uh, I don't know what even to really call it. It's a big hull, but it's it's like you're dropping it into a chute, but it's to the side because there's no gravity. Yeah. Um, and you put you know, good materials in there to be broken down. And then there's a furnace where you put the just scrap metal that's not good for anything. Um, and you get a little bit. And then the story is one of these like Animal Crossing where you um, you start out in an insane amount of debt to the mega corporation because it's dystopian future. Right. And every day or every ship that you process, it's a, it's a day in your work shift. And you get credits for all of those things, whether you handle them, um, if something's lost, it's just lost, which you're like, hey, you put that computer panel into an incinerator yeah. and you could have gotten credits for it. And then those credits come off your debt, but then you're also charged like rent and interest and, 
on any of the gear that you used or or deteriorated or anything like you have to pay for oxygen when you your oxygen starts to run low um and that the theme of it is kind of funny but in the in the free play all this stuff is is very relaxed like your oxygen lasts a long time and all that stuff yeah um and so it's this it becomes this sort of relaxing like i'm just gonna float around i'm gonna okay if i rotate a little bit then i can cut through this and that nacelle will come loose and i can you know you know taut, like push it down to uh to my barge and just cut the next piece and it's it's very relaxing nice. that's that's the first thing that that actually was the odd draw or comp or what's called a dis- description to this what people kept repeating early in the first day was calm it's calm and relaxing and calm and like it's really weird yeah. uh, i, I want to go back to the graphics a little bit just to, to kind of round it out a bit because i i, I want to say I fall in the this is a beautiful game category. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I totally agree. I wish that the um, character models were were better and more detailed. That would be a little better. I mean, it doesn't have to be beautiful, but like more than just very low res textures. Um, but um, you know, this is early access. Who knows what could happen um, with things? Uh, it, it is though the the world itself is pretty pretty, and, and I think it's because the mm-hmm. technology. Yeah. Like they they're using all sorts of really new modern techniques and, and technology and the most, some of the, the engines that they use, I'm not sure if they're using unreal here or something, but have, have really come a long, long way with mm-hmm. just visual beauty with their, the engines, you know, for example, like ray tracing is something somebody talks about. You say, you say the term ray tracing and that's just a technical term, but when you see it in a game, all of a sudden you see like, real lighting and things hitting stuff and you see like side by side stuff you're like wow this is a truly game changing technology right and so now you see games coming out and they just kind of all you have to do is almost flip a switch and it makes your game improved by large amounts um so games like this one can come out and turn on tons of grass right that just now works on mathematical stuff by default not high intensity cpu things and even on the lower yeah. stuff, you can have beautiful amounts of trees with leaves everywhere. Everything's swaying in multiple ways with, you know, weather effects that are realistic. And that's just kind of default stuff in engines now in the last couple of years. Um, so when we see these games come out from indie studios who have access to these engines, they're, it's fantastic and it's beautiful. And it's like you can do a minor amount of stuff and get a beautiful game and then you know let your team focus on things like you know gameplay and uh the the mathematics of of stuff happens you know progression unlocks and maybe you know optimizing network code yeah which is all the boring stuff but is it is the that is actually the make or break stuff of a game but you know when you have a game like this you we hop in and they throw in some beautiful kind of graphics and you do feel relaxed and they i will also say they have great little soundtrack that you know, just playing the soundtrack, it's very calming and, and fun. Um, but yeah, it's so we, we've got this game and it's the big, another big thing about it is it's a very, very tiny download. Like I, they have to be doing some streaming while playing downloading stuff because I mean, I think it was quick. I think uh, we, were, we were talking about this in game. I think it's the Minecraft thing where the you know, they're not loading you in any maps. The maps are procedurally generated. So you just have to download these textures and the textures are not are not very 
uh, they're not very detailed. They're they're pretty low res textures, so they're probably just really small images, and then some some all the model data, which is you know just code, yeah. just text, yeah. and then you know, and then the game generates. And part of the way that it looks, the, like it it looks better than it has any business looking just because like right. for me because my network is not very good i run the graphics pretty low but it still looks good and then i look at you know youtube videos of somebody built a giant you know norse palace mm-hmm. ca- you know c- cathedral kind of kind of thing and he's got his graphics all the way up with the ray tracing and uh, light blooms and all that stuff and it looks amazing yeah i i, I will say i i don't have a high high-end computer but i have a pretty decent one and i run it with all the settings all the way up and it does look gorgeous i have had I was tempted to, I was talking to our buddy Zahn about, um, on, he's running it on one of his uh, lower end computers and he has to turn the, the graphics all the way down. And when you run through the part of this game is, is experiencing the world that you're in, right? I mean, okay. So let's talk about, I, I guess when this moves into the game, the game itself, we said has you building stuff, but it's not just about building. It's about exploring. It really is. You know, you have, uh, you go out into the world and there's some things that come out of nowhere. Uh, you're, you're doing your building stuff kind of like, act, you know, go cut down trees, right? You go cut down trees, no big deal. And all of a sudden this really two glowing eyes come out of nowhere and start running at you. And it's this goblin type thing and starts attacking you. And all you have is your very basic kind of punch with your fists or maybe a club, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you start with the club and people, cause uh, some of the, people involved um i don't know if it's the studio or the developers themselves they worked on a project called rust yeah which is one of those i never played it but it's one of those um hardcore survival games and so people are like oh is this one of those survival games i mean it's a survival game in the way that minecraft is yeah yeah game. i wouldn't like, even go that i think survival very beginning, is like where you, if you die and then it's game over and then you're done how far did you make it yeah, yeah there's there's no you know there i guess you maybe lose a little bit of experience because it's one of those where you have separate uh, like skill levels for all everything, including like running and jumping, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but all your weapon skills and all of that stuff. I think you lose a little bit of that XP, and then you have to run to where you died to get all your stuff back. Like run. that's yeah. how the yeah, corpse run. That's how almost all games uh, work. So it's you know the only times that I have died are either from fall damage, which is ridiculously high. It's like <laughs> realistic levels of fall damage you know i jump from like i'm up one cube which is the height of my character you know so i'm i'm jumping down from like six feet and will take a little bit of damage and i'm like what is this like if i fall off the roof of my house my character dies yeah for sure if i fall i do that too Uh, it's like 10 it's like i don't don't know according to that math it's like 18 feet which sure in maybe 24 feet so like in real life if you landed poorly like yeah that would probably be true but in video games usually you have to fall a long yeah. way before you take enough damage to kill you right but but i think that right there what you're describing is is one of the many reasons why this game is pretty good is because you do it's it's not i have never had a sense of fear in this game like sometimes mm-hmm. i've gone and had that like resident evil scary go to go around the corner thing i have had respect for the environment i guess is the thing right like i I can't just yeah. plow through an area. Today, our buddy Zahn had talked Nothing's... about how the dark forest doesn't seem as dark anymore. But when we first went in there, we were like, what are those things running at us? And then ran back, right? Oh, yeah. Gray, gray dwarves and, and whatever. And 
Yeah, there's, I haven't seen anything, though it might get to this point, I've not seen anything like Enderman in Minecraft or yeah. like a ghast. I have seen... Oh, you didn't see the ghosts giant yet? trolls. Okay. They're the Maybe ghosts, I have yeah. seen the ghosts. You ghost, did, you saw the ghosts in, I'm in saying, the dungeon. Yeah. What I'm saying is I haven't seen things that like jump out and scare oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Like, yeah. you know, stuff, little things will come from the side and attack me. And so I suppose if I were in a, um, you know, higher higher level area it also has that concept where you know minecraft was the same everywhere unless you went to yeah. those underwater things yeah. or into the air there are definitely areas that are more deadly than in this game than others like as as you go further in and you get more um a better gear and equipment the stuff that you encounter gets more difficult but if you go back to the starting area everything's still you know easy yeah i do think like there's a day counter as the server Which runs, is weird. Yeah. and so I think we're on a server. That's maybe... important to say we're multi. We're playing a server, yeah. always persistent running game. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and I think that 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 is that will shade our our opinions too. Because for example, so I first time I ever went into a dungeon, I went in with you, and I went in with Zom. We all went in together, and we were exploring this dungeon, and mm -hmm. it was kind of fun. And we just bashed on skeletons, and it was neat, and we talked about it a little bit. But going into it solo is a whole different thing. Like I, I went into I, the first time mm. I went in there by myself, it wasn't hard. I was properly equipped, but it's very tight. The the walls and stuff are this like dungeon cut into yeah. the stuff and it's very dark. So you, you, you go in this very claustrophobic kind of environment with your wooden tower shield and your just hand axe. Um, and around mm -hmm. the corner comes this you know skeleton that's just violently attacking you right and if you get two of them they're attacking from behind you and it's such a tight space that you feel like you're being you know in danger you just feel like you're in danger yeah yeah i the first time i did that was um with two other people i think it was maybe you and zan mm -hmm. or um i i don't remember uh yeah it was because that's when we got those yeah. things for the forge yeah. um and the combat plays like combat in Minecraft, kind of. Uh, I mean, it's better. It gets than better. That, yeah, yeah, right. Not still not very much. Like you're in third person, so it's a little tricky to aim. You swing your weapon. Yeah. There's friendly fire. So like, if if you and Zan are up fighting the the skeletons up close, it's hard for me to even really shoot at them with a bow because if I lose right as one of you strafes yeah. to the side, I'm going to hit you. Yeah, yeah. It does. Um, it has people blocking the way, which is and then. Cool. Then when I went into a different dungeon later with Pete, um, we did the thing that you were just describing happening to you, where uh, we would see a skeleton and then back out until where the tunnel forms a T. Yep, yep. And one backs the other way and the other is on the other side. And suddenly you're hitting the skeleton from both yeah, sides. Yeah, can down him pretty quickly without doing a bunch of... No, I I absolutely loved fire. that so, I my tower shield, which is again, it's not a big. It's it's literally made up of uh, sticks that are the size of my body, right? That's about it's it's. I'm not that advanced yet, yeah. but it it is the first. We have a, a small wooden shield you can get, and then a, a tower shield, and I chose for the bigger one, slows you down, blah, blah et cetera, et cetera. But it, the little things like that matter. That you have this big shield that provides you stuff. It doesn't give you AC like other games, or just make you overall just this computer gamey more powerful. It, it's, it's it's a it's block. A, it's a thing. It's a weapon that you use. I have the small shield, and I've heard that if you time your block right, you'll parry. I saw. I've read that too. Right? Yeah. That that stuns your your opponent. Or if you have tower shields like you have, um, you can protect yourself and another person. Oh so yeah. The, Go, going the, down. So the, going down the dungeon, it's 
putting my tower shield in front of me almost fits the side, the whole width of the wall. So I, I feel yeah. like I am blocking the whole way down, for, you know, for anyone behind yeah, me or it's myself. That, it's that Roman, uh, Roman legion kind of combat yeah. style, except just you, not a whole, like a whole row. Though I guess if you had enough people, you could do you that. You do. And, and the um, spear, by the way, I know we don't, none of us are really big fan of the spear, but if you had somebody go behind you with the spear, they can hit actually over your shield. Hit, hit over your, oh, I yeah. see. Yeah. Um, so nice. what this, so then what this, what this game does, we've described a lot of the details. There's, um, there's a lot of building, mm-hmm. there's exploring and there's fighting. And then what you do is unlock things by finding them, by picking them up or by making them. Mm-hmm. So if I, you know, if I kill a boar mm-hmm. and it drops, um, leather, straps, leather, uh-huh. leather scraps, I pick up those leather scraps. I'm going to get little pop-ups. So like, you unlocked this and this and this and this and this. Yeah, like recipes. Um, your recipes for for things I can craft mm-hmm. that use that um, that material, and it's also um, it works in combinations. I don't know what word I'm looking for for that is, but um, we found a new kind of wood. Yeah, they're big, tall coniferous trees. So you chop those down, and they give you the ability to make longer like poles and, and beams for your house. Um, but I had also unlocked uh, hardwoods, and Zahn and I both unlocked these these. Um, I think it's, it's the wood, the the core wood. It's yeah, called yeah. from from big pine mm-hmm. trees. And then I had recipes he didn't have, even though we both on you know got this core wood. And I thought, well, let me look at the recipe. Okay, it says you need ten core wood and five fine wood, which is what they call hardwood. I'm like, oh, well, I have this recipe because I've unlocked uh, fine wood. And then you can also, depending on where you are, who, you know, however you want to do this, like if I had had heart, uh, fine wood in my inventory, I could drop one and Zahn could pick it up and he would unlock those recipes and he could give it yeah. back to me. Yeah, I, 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 that, um, was, if, that's a, that was a weird thing, I think, because of the way you... you if the thing you find is like, it's something a boss drops and it doesn't really help you all that much to have stuff unlocked if you don't have a way to get, you know, if you don't have those materials or a way to get them. So Yeah, and, and, and like I said, you, you kind of came about that a, a little sideway from the early access stuff. But the, the, usually in this game, it's, it's pretty intuitive... Uh, the way that worked better for me was that, like, I got um, when we find I finally got a forge. I had copper, and I was able to smelt copper, and I got like two copper recipes, right? And that's what it was. Like, okay, I was just getting copper, and then naturally, I went further into the area where they had tin, and I was like, oh, I found this new thing, and I went back, and then because it it it, it copies off of something that you already had before or it plays off something combos off something you had before Mm -hmm. it's usually not one of those where you're surprised that you don't have something that's something else unless you are further in the progression like the people who goes you know it naturally unlocks in its own way i think we we skipped on that one a little bit everything's a different way like you get you know you get wood by by chopping it down and picking it up but there are things that you only get by killing bosses and we've only yep. killed one boss so far, yep. but he drops a thing that lets you build a pickaxe mm-hmm. out of a deer antler, which is weird. Yeah. But if it's a, it works. If yeah. it's a deer God, then I guess it's, it's his antler is strong yeah. enough to, to chop. Stone which is the other part of this. And, and this is why our buddy Trotsky calls this Terraria. This is, this is why he references it is because um, there are things in here that you can do together. Now it is a single player game, I think by default. And, 
the the multiplayer right now is a little finicky with how to set it up and run a server um but um yeah, it, it yeah. by the way it runs fine when you finally get it but it took him a whole day to do it um but it has yeah, it has things sound. like we, the, the the bosses the bosses are one big thing but even before that there's like trolls that are the size of a large tree that, that lumber through the the, the forest they're not bosses but at low levels it takes a couple players to bring right them. and and you and you are like they, they put fear in you right they're like oh my gosh this huge thing in one hit sends you flying across the the forest yeah. and it shake he shakes the ground and he walks around he's you know yeah taller than your house so so even though he's not a boss you look at him as like yeah you're you're fighting these other like dwarves and they're not dwarves in the normal sense you see they're different like creature looking things just the name dwarves yeah um but they but they have um there's other creatures that you're fighting not to mention the 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 animals of the forest um you you're fighting those little things so occasionally when the huge lumbering giant thing comes at you you're like Oh my God. And then you, again, respect for the environment. You run away and, you know, like, what is this? And then if you have multiplayer, mm-hmm. we, you know, all get together and take him down, which is something like Terraria has where you're like, okay, it's hard to fight this, this boss, but let's get together and, and make it a little bit easier and more fun together in, in a, a thing. Um, and, and then yeah, the bosses, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll quote or read something that our buddy Trotsky said early, what, mid mid to late spring of 2020 when we were just in the after the initial sort of um activity and 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 shock and off what are we going to do now that everybody's in lockdown um trotsky was looking for an mmo right because he has a certain idea of how mmo work how mmos work which is not our idea of like yeah, you get in and quest and you do your daily chores <laughs> yeah, and then still, yeah. you log out. Like it's, you know, and everybody else is doing it here at the same time. Uh, he wanted a game that was number one, felt like a place so that we could all go somewhere and hang out. And I don't remember what game we played that was kind of like that. I think he was thinking of Minecraft, right? But we've all played the hell out of Minecraft. So it's hard to get everybody's buy-in on that. Um, his number two was the ability to work on something collectively, solo, or in groups. Yeah, it's asking a whole where lot, we right? All, where we all know what we're trying to do. So it's different from solo questing, and it's different from raiding, right? Raiding, you need a group to do any of it. And solo questing, you just do on your own. And he's like, we have a varying activities, but in this one, I want somebody can work on something that's that's moving us all forward but when a bunch of us are on we can go do something else that again keeps moving us forward and then the third one which is really part of the second or part of the first is avatars to represent each each person i think in that sense he was thinking of um big picture i think it's called the the vr experience where you have little oh yeah right yeah you have a little avatar and you sit and, and represents watch a movie. I don't you. Think it, yeah. Something that represents you so that you feel like you're together. And these are sort of, uh, um, you know, exemplars of his uh, um, extrovert personality. Yeah. But, you know, we look at this game and we're like, yeah, this has all those things. Yeah. So I'm not at all surprised that they've got, you know, two million players. Which is the key. Already. That's something we didn't really mention. We've been beating around it. But they have two million players in the first month of early access like before it even launches they have two million players and it's and it's 20 bucks it's not free to play yeah so you know that many people 
shelled out you know i i saw i was on the 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 subreddit the reddit group for this for this game and people are doing all kinds of memes and they're like you know the kanye yes no meme or no yes meme you know the one we're talking about at the top it says you know spending 80 dollars for assassin's creed valhalla the viking assassin's creed game and it's like no he's like spending 80 dollars to get four copies of valheim for me and my three buddies so we can play together yeah this is the one well you know and that's funny because I have only heard of people playing it, and I know again we've only seen this for like a week. But what? I, and I'm trying. I'm honestly trying to avoid reading a lot about stuff because that can yeah. almost spoil it for me. I'm really, really enjoying exploring the world and finding things on my own or in a group. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, most people I am seeing are enjoying playing it multiplayer. And all I remember is that Tuesdays when Trotsky started, he spent or it was Thursdays. So the entire Thursday evening. He spent when we were all online, he was just trying to get the server to work. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily all of the fact that it was their fault or his fault or whatever. It was there. It's finicky and it does, he called it broken. It doesn't work. right. Setting it all up properly. So it's not easy. And it uses a feature in Steam that I've never even seen before to launch into. Yeah, same. Uh, so it, it it's weird that it's so difficult to set up, but that's the way preferred way everyone's wanting to play it and playing it that way. And I think. I, I love that fact. I love how it is. I I think I would enjoy playing it solo. It would be okay. But it's almost like the Minecraft thing where there is, I'd say, 50% of the game, maybe 40% of the game is building as well as exploring. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and games where you build, I don't like building playing by myself because what am I you know, showing in it to you it's, except for myself? Yeah, I've done that like in... Um in fallout four but fallout four had a thing where you could like recruit volunteers to come to your base and like run shops and stuff like that so it had a sort of little mini game yes uh to it if i'm you know from that from that first time on the on the original uh minecraft server that zon set up back i don't know probably before 2010 i don't remember when we started playing probably not 2010 whenever that game came out within the first year you know, I walked up and down all the coastline to gather all the clay I could find because that was the way. And you'd make uh, red brick cubes. And I built a, you know, just a real boxy two-story kind of, um, uh, I don't know, colonial is too strong of a word. But just a real basic boxy house. But it was out of these red bricks that nobody had. And everybody walked by. They're like, whoa, who made that? Oh, that's Dennis's brick house. Right. It's, you know, and like that made it worth all of that time and effort, just this silly little thing. But yeah, if you're in single player, like what's the point? Yeah. And, but, but to, to, uh, cop or continue off what you had said in some games, it is the point because there's, there's things that you get like, um, in Terraria, for example, I, I built a lot, even though it was single player because building rooms attracts people to come in, which helps your game. Right. Um, so, mm-hmm. so you, if you have NPCs, I'm using air quotes here that come through and, or a reason why building a house makes your game better, or maybe it's defenses or you're safer now or whatever. Um, that, that's, that's a good reason, but some of these building games and somewhat in this one, it's just for aesthetics. It took me a lot of this game time to build the house that I had and I gutted it all the way to the ground and started all over again to make it work. Um, but I would never have done that in this game playing single player. Because there's just nothing, right. no, no, there's no reason to give me that. There's comfort level, which I haven't quite figured out. But you can do that on a minimal thing. So moving along, we we had said uh, 
it has bosses too. So there is another thing with unlike Minecraft that has, that pulls you forward. That means there's there's a goal that you want to get besides just building a new house that in and unlocking recipes and randomly wandering stuff. There is when you go into a new area, there is new things and there is dangerous and they have rewards. And you know, what is this little thing? And oh a yellow mushroom and why does that what is that used for? And you know, oh, this huge gigantic skeleton comes in and t- attacks me and he drops a special eye that, you know, there's a reason to go out and do danger. And then ultimately it has I think six world bosses that the game intentionally pushes you towards you know like mm-hmm. go go they gives you hints through the 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 bird that talks around to you about you know find the the, the place to sacrifice his head to or something like that and you got to go get a deer head or something to fight the deer god and um mm-hmm. and then when you do that you unlock you know special abilities of your character and stuff so it's got it's got a lot of it's got a, so many positives to it besides just a Minecraft game. Again, going back to the Trotsky's um, description of Terraria, Terraria has the Minecraft stuff, but it has all those other things too, um, and which I really liked. And it's something I I I don't want to go back to Minecraft before because I feel like I've done it. No matter how many new blocks you add, it's still just no goal, right? There's no right, right? There's nothing. The, the only yeah, the only. So the the only goal is one you set for yourself. Like for me, if I'm going to build a big project, mm-hmm. uh, you know that's that's my goal. There's no there's no game mechanic in that though. It's just you know a full pure sandbox. Right, right. So uh-huh. this is early access, and we are enjoying it w- with what we have. Um, I don't think that we have felt in any way that we have run up against any kind of oh we we've hit the the end of the content at this point. And we're just going to wait. Uh, we this isn't developed by um coffee stain but like dennis said earlier or you said dennis is that um when we played satisfactory it had that you know it had a lot of polished content at launch a lot of really good stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this feels like this is the second game that i've played and it's funny that it has coffee stain associated with it that has gone into an early access not with just a beta alpha version where they have lots of features to still flesh out. This feels like it has a, enough to fully play a game and enjoy a $20 game right now. Right. And, and this yeah, is only sure. their beginning, which satisfactory was the same way. It's like we have a fully playable game for you right now for $20 that you will enjoy if I just shipped it today. But mm-hmm. this is only 40% done. Right. Which makes it really yeah. exciting. And and I feel excited about this one too. So, um, yeah, it, 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 here, here, here's the biggest thing, telltale thing of it. Today, before we played this game, right after work and before dinner, we had, what, 10 people online all of a sudden at once? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a peak. That's not, we haven't had that before. We haven't had more than, what, four, maybe five at a time. Right, but th- this but, game has been yeah, online some, for two to three days. Some of the guys have been on for, for most of the day, and then I saw you on, and I finished up my my work and and got on for a little bit because I knew we had to record tonight. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For for a game that's been on, online for two days to get well, that's ten people. That's two hundred bucks of our friends that just you know threw it out. And I know that's a little in the grand scheme of things, but still, people are sure. no no big deal and all online and all playing it, which is fantastic. And and it's been easy and and it, that small download easy to get in. Our buddy Chris got it in a minute and was on the next was on the next playing. You know, 
So fun, really, really fun. I'm enjoying it. Um, is there any other games that you've been? I've been see, this this game. Like I said, stopped me from playing Dyson Sphere. Yeah, which I, was I mean, that. I I interrupted the middle of our of our Valheim talk to talk about Shipbreaker. Yeah, right. Um, so I'll I'll put chapter marks in there for that. Mm-hmm. But um, I pretty much said all that I need to about that. Yeah. It's a it's a fun, relaxing kind of. You just take apart ships, and it's not. There is a campaign or sort of story mode that's a little more um, intense. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's got a timer on it and your resources aren't as plentiful. Yeah. So you're like, okay, yeah, well, I've got to get two nacelles and a reactor and at least however many tons or uh, it's all in metric. But, um, you know, this many tons of nanocarbon and I've only got six minutes and before the timer runs out, I'm going to run out of oxygen and have to go back to my uh, ship and and buy more. Um, and so you're you're running. So it's not fully you know passive kind of thing. It just that's how I've played it so far. And that's another one I've had less than a week. Wow we um, we we are still trying to play Genshin Impact, which which we love and and is is super fun mm-hmm. and have not hit a wallet yet that we're doing. We just enjoy still playing it. Um, but again, it's all of a sudden c- competing for time with that. And and I bought Dyson Sphere, and I really, really love Dyson Sphere. I'm, I'm really enjoying that one. And that one's in early access too, right? Yeah, I don't mind as much Dyson Sphere because it's single player. Yeah, that's And so right. I know that once we burn out on Valheim and whatever else, like, or even if I do, yeah. um, like we did, you know, Terraria was a big deal for like a month, maybe two. Yeah, right. And, you know, gradually people, you know, peter out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I can go back. I can go back and play that game. And Ship, uh, Shipbreaker, I think, is going to be one that I'll play, like, while I'm with my family watching TV. Because I can, yeah. you know, listen to stuff. And, and it, the game is, is is chill enough that I don't, uh, I don't bother with that. I did. I was still playing Dyson Sphere up until, like, mid last week. Maybe even late last mm-hmm. week. Um I got the, I got the logistics towers that send the ships to the other planets yeah, that, to bring that's, titanium uh, back. Dyson Sphere is a um, engine building game similar to Satisfactory or Factorio. Yeah, I, th- I think we've talked. Did, did about we it talk on about it? I can remember. Yeah, it's it's in between. I I say that it's in between fact, Factorio and Satisfactory. I agree, I agree with in that. In that it it is 3D, but it's not first person camera, mm-hmm. which means that if it did have crazy ridiculous spider things mm-hmm. i probably wouldn't mind mm-hmm. them as much because they would not be giving me jump scares right like happened in, in I, I got that way too i got i got to the um interplanetary things the i also started sending out dro- what's called drone swarms or for the dyson swarms that get energy around the yeah yeah done that too um it is a really cool engine building i i've enjoyed it like i said obviously we must have talked about this before uh i'm still enjoying it but i did hit a part in about mid tier where I started to feel like they, this is where they start to need to do some tweaking in their, in their, um, you know, early access stuff because the progression was becomes confusing. It becomes very, very confusing. Like Mm. I don't know, I'm unlocking parts left and right and I'm clicking on the thing to, to research things and they keep popping up, but it's kind of like you just research this part that you are going to need with another part with another very complicated part that needs another part, but you don't know that part. Um, and it just, and they're giving you explanations that are like, uh, chlorohydrin is the thing for 
you know, catalyzing reactions within reactors of stuff. And like, okay, that's a very scientific term of sci-fi term you're giving me, but I don't understand what, if some of that is just game talk or if it's actual, you know, real talk, like they're telling you about science. Um, Yeah, it definitely, it definitely has that sense that reminds me of some of the Factorio mods that we played with, because while Factorio has some level of realism it's all kind of like you know you you slam together an iron plate and some copper wire and you've got a circuit board which you don't right um and and it doesn't tell you like it it doesn't it doesn't hold your hand in any way sometimes that's good but this way it gets confusing and like what you should be doing to get better it gets a little confusing yeah so the just to you know round out that circuit example circuit board example if i play factorio with a couple of mods the more well-known uh bob's mods Mm -hmm. uh there's one just for circuit breakers and uh, circuit breakers circuit boards and so to make a circuit board you have to take plastic and make it into a plastic board and then you have to put on lead solder transistors and electronics components which are you know resistors and capacitors it's just well actually capacitors are different for a better more advanced circuit board. So all that to say, it's done in a more quote unquote realistic way. Yeah. And so when I see that stuff in in uh, DSP, it sort of makes sense. I agree, it's definitely confusing. So I'm like, what is this? I just yeah, you know, I guess go based on the based on the Factorio system again. Right. I'm just going, what what can I research? Because this is a research like you build an engine to do more research. And I assume the end game is building a Dyson sphere, but I just know that unless I know, unless I can see what a technology does, and this game has the advantage uh, over Factorio in that regard, where the tech research is divided between technology and upgrades, and the upgrades are all for you, for your suit, the like mm-hmm. speed upgrades, or like when you go into space to to go faster or with more endurance, or any like all of that stuff makes sense. I can read it, yeah. but all the technology, I just look at and go. Okay, unless I know for sure what this is and what it's for, I'm going to need all of it. Yeah, so yeah, totally. Just queue up the stuff that makes sense to me and then keep moving forward. And eventually at some point I'll look and go, oh, do I have yes. – am I getting close to all of the pieces I need to do nuclear power? I, yes. Or something I, th- like that? I think what will help that a whole lot is that they need to – They honestly in that game, my review here is that they need to rework the skill tree. And it's it, it just needs to be simply put out where you can see – that before you can make a computer, you need copper, that you learn the copper skill, then you learn the wire skill, and then you research the computer skill, right? But right now, mm-hmm. copper is way down at the bottom in a, in a thing to research. Wire is in another top right-hand corner off a weird shoot tree. And then the computer technology, you actually unlock early on for no reason, but you can't use it until you get copper and stuff later on. So it, it nothing makes a lot of sense. And I have to really dig to find my the science research cubes you need, like the main MacGuffin that you have to get through to get mm-hmm. the game. Like, where yeah. is the purple? Oh, it's in this weird tree that's not connected to anything. It's in pulsar re- reduction capacitor. You're like, what? Why? Why does yeah. it come it's after some, that? You know, it's done in a in in a in a normal game we would call it lore. Right, yes. they're doing it according to lore instead of according to game. In this case, it's you know either actual science or technology or sci-fi fiction, but in a yes, you know, that more makes sense. 
hard science, hard sci-fi. Uh, right, but, but but it just way. makes it very difficult from a gameplay standpoint to know what you should be doing and when. Right, like right now, I have a whole bunch of stuff unlocked. I'd say I have seventy-five to eighty percent of the entire skill trees completely unlocked, if not more. And I I know I'm about I want to say seventy percent through the game. I know that sounds like it's equal there, but it doesn't feel that way because I'm not using a whole lot of technology. Like I am. I have, mm. I have not been using multiple ways of getting things and doing things. And it's given me all sorts of equipment and gear to go explore other parts for rich veins and stuff. But there's just been no reason to do any of that. Right. Like it gives you a recipe to make silicon. Okay. You just, because it's a factory game, you make a big factory to crank out silicon. Right. Or you can go spend mm. your entire time finding the one little vein of pure silicon on one planet that's like seven hours away, it's not worth it. Right. So you just do your factory stuff. Um, So there's a whole lot in this, in that in Dyson sphere that I, I'm not a fan of. I don't dislike it. It's great because it's like more content, but they just need mid tier to high tier. They need to tweak their, their way. They help you along, I think, and make it a little bit more, more uh, enticing to want to get something right. When I, when I move from coal to hydrogen, I should feel like, oh, I'm, I'm better. When we did it in Satisfactory, when we moved off of coal to oil, all of a sudden our energy woes were gone, right? We were like, now I feel so much happier and our dreams became bigger. And then eventually the pole even outpaced oil, right? Mm-hmm. But you did feel like you did a thing. This game, yeah, not the, so much. The power, the power, I'm not sure about this game, like... You would think the set of technologies you use, which are not, at least the first wave of them, are not hard. Like, you make these solar panel things, and you put them in this big cannon, and it shoots them into orbit. They go, they orbit the sun. That whole thing is confusing, by the way. They collect solar radiation and convert it to power, and then you can collect that with these, what look like satellite dishes. Yeah. But... They seem to work the same way, and I'm sort of guessing here because again, I've not like gone online and yeah. and looked it up. They seem to uh, work like solar panels, where they only work if they are facing the sun, which makes sense. That's where the ring is. Yeah, and so like I put a bunch of them around my whole planet because the planets are kind of small, yeah. so that I would always I would always have some. But I think you have to do the thing with accumulators, which are just like batteries, and charge it up and. Um, but they don't tell you that. I, I totally agree. That's that's no. a perfect example. They they I got accumulated. There are a lot of yeah. There are a lot of tutorials early on for the first few steps, and then you're kind of on your own. And every once in a while, it'll pop something up, and they're like, "You're doing research, but you're you know it's going too slow because you don't have enough of these cubes, this color of cube." Yeah. But they don't say that specifically, but they're you know it's a whole. An, an accumulator of, uh, was a perfect article. example. I unlocked an accumulator early. And I and I it tells you that it's to store up excess power from the grid. I'm like, oh, that's great. Okay, so I worked my way to get it, and I got it, and I put it down, and it did nothing. And I was like, I don't understand how any of this works. It's not there's no buttons to press. There's nothing to do. Come to find out much later that you actually have to have this other piece in this other tree that goes with this other piece in this other tree. This with this other gun that shoots these other Dyson th- swarms up into space, and then just know that that satellite thing accumulates them, and then you have to have an accumulator that goes inside of it. Like I, 
the description doesn't tell you that. None of the other pieces are related. There's not like one branch combines into the other branch combines into the other branch. Right. You know? Right. Uh, so I think it was really yeah. Confusing. I think playing so much Factorio helped me. It, that sounds like that it. because it sounds like it because I I played it a lot with mods, right? Mm-hmm. And so the mods are they're breaking it. Like you've took this, you've taken this item that used to take two parts to make, and now it takes six parts. Yeah. And um, you know, and starts with four different raw materials. Uh, you know, plus water. Right. And, um, and you know, you just have to, you just have to figure it out. Or like for a while I had another mod that would tell me like, if I want to make something here, are the things, because these games all have a big math component that you can observe or not. And the people, you know, the people who play them really seriously definitely do that. They're like, okay, well, if I have a thing pulling up iron ore and I get it covering as many uh, patches as I can, it's going to put out this many per minute and the belt can only hold this many per second. So to fill up a belt, I'm going to need two of those and they're going to go in here and they're going to need this many smelters because a smelter can process ore into plates this many per second. And they do all of this math together um to make sure everything's optimized right um i can do math my you know, <laughs> right a, yeah but it's a lot of math degree. there's a lot of math in this but in a but in a video in a game like this i much more often take the approach of either give me a recipe right yeah. that says you need two of these for every one of these yeah. or if you're going to make this you need four machines making this five making this two making this this many uh thing and and you know, I'll look that up and like somebody do that math for me. Right. I don't. Right. I can't be bothered. But it's it, you know, or it's fun. I'm glad that they just, have them. That people can do that. Who or I will that. just yeah. overproduce stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm short on iron. Let me build some more. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's exactly how I play it too. Same, same way, and, it, and it's really fun. But I do enjoy that that it has those little bitty things, and you can tell that these games have that. You know. It's a cooldown of four seconds, and then it pull. It's a cast time of this, and then a recharge time of that. And while you don't necessarily need to know that, but people who do, it lets them have a lot of fun with with this. Yeah, right? yeah, for the very uh, you know nerdy crowd. Yeah, which is which is very cool. That now I get it. That that makes sense. That when you had said that, like playing Factorio. Now it's it's worth noting, and you have said it yourself here on the show today and other times that that you don't just play anymore. You don't play factorial casually you've played it through the game normally and now you it's kind of like um the mods that you talk about are like okay i've done absolutely everything in the world a hundred times that you could possibly do in different ways now i'm trying to really put the game into super high gear hardcore mode even more hardcore mode so that i can challenge myself in a game that i really love or yeah or just do something different with you right like what would it be like if the map was only this tall and so it always went straight in one direction yeah or what would we be like if Everything is spread out, and there were, you know, ten times as many monsters as yeah. normal. And eventually, I get to a point where I'm run out of resources, and I don't have enough uh, ammo to push forward. It's ve- um, it's very much like those when if people were watching Twitch streams of uh, those insane Mario made levels that they have, right? And, and right. you're like, that is just stupidly dumb. Well, they really, really, really enjoy Mario and doing all the, the good stuff that they do. So they, they have these ultimate tweaks. And I can see how when you play something like that, going to back to a game that doesn't have that kind of level of intensity to it can seem boring a little bit. Um, or if you're a developer and you enjoy that kind of stuff, you wouldn't want to make a game 
that is only has two components going to one. You want to have a game that has 10 components that go into one because that's what you enjoyed with your mods and the, and the games you played. So you make those games. So I, I, I totally get it. I, I hope that their early access does help streamline it for the more casual person to use, not make it easy, but to make it just as me in the business says, we all say is that, you know, you, you user friendly, um, you know, you, you have sure. to consider how the experience is going through it instead of just the technicalities of what you want. Um, but anyway, it, that was fun. I w- like you said, I will go back to it cause it's single player. And, um, uh, but I hope Valheim lasts a, a good long while. Um, and I'm, I'm going to keep playing that one. I played, I'm still playing. I hate that. All this makes me sad cause it, I, it also takes away from my Neverwinter time. That's the game I've actually uh, given up time for. I just log on for a daily occasionally here, um, or the login bonus. But I I still enjoy playing that game. But I I've and I've got co- campaigns and conquests uh, conquests that I've been going through. But you know you only got so much time in life, and um, you, you you do what you got to do. But it, it's it, glutton you, for entertainment again. You got you got to work and eat at work, good. eat and and Sid spend some time. She's been uh, thankfully giving me time on on to play some games. Um, but the, uh, speaking of entertainment, we've also this week, I, I've watched some, some shows. We've watched some shows we're watching here and we have things like WandaVision. Yeah. We've to... been, uh, we've been talking about games for a while. Um, we did two things this week. I think if you finished watching the stand, mm-hmm. yep. did, did you? Okay. Yep. So we, we, we did that. That's done. And we also watched a movie, uh, called news of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, which of those do you want to talk about first? Let's do. Let, uh, what do we, let's look at our time here real quick. Uh, today, let's talk about news of the world. I think that'll be a quick, short one. Not not okay. because it's bad. I uh, I actually this is a movie with Tom Hanks in it. Yeah, uh, it's a western, but not a mm-hmm. like shoot 'em up western type. You know, here's no. a sheriff, bank robber, cowboy type thing. It's got an interesting, he's got an interesting job that I have never heard of before, but I think it's, that makes a lot of cool sense that someone would think of that job. His job is that he gets newspapers from the, from an area and goes out West reads them. and reads them to it's people. Like a lot of people can't read and they don't have those news and there's right. just one right. newspaper. So he comes out and he charges a dime and you go into like a town hall and he reads the paper. He doesn't just read it. He also gives it character and, you know, yeah. tells it like a storyteller tells it. And right. Yeah. Right. T- he's yeah. And so he's he's providing the news um, and which is a different than your normal cowboys yeah. and, you know, Indian fighting. And yeah. And so you'll you'll Americans. see this much in the trailer, but it's it's Tom Hanks. It's brand new. Um, I think it's uh, theaters and um, we rented it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, uh, we're going to talk about this and I'm going to ring the spoiler bell, even though I'm going to, I'm going to spoil my, my final judgment and say, there's not really anything to spoil. Cause the movie is pretty obvious about where it's going yeah. most of the time, but I'm gonna hit the bell anyway. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I, I will jump to my early judgments here and say that I, I will say it straight that I enjoyed this movie. This feels like a movie that's. Uh, made for someone like me, I guess, where it has hard stuff. Yeah. There's a little girl. It's it's different, and then and then ultimately the ending where they they're happy, and there's a big cry moment where you have a family come together, and it's and it's very happy last minute thing. And I, 
I really that's my heartwarming love of of it. But it wasn't easy getting. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing that we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when I I contrasted Spielberg's Saving Private Ryan with, uh, you know, other war movies that are not as saccharine, not as feel good. Yeah, as you say, and it's weird to think of a movie like Saving Private Ryan as feel good because it's you know it's pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, but this was. Um, even, even more of that kind of like, whenever, whenever something is about to happen, you're always pretty, um, it's always pretty clear in advance. Like the, the music cues will change and the way the filming, um, is done to sort of telegraph that. The only thing that was kind of a surprise was the bit in the middle where there's a county being overthrown with a kind of uh very depending on your perspective a kind of blatant uh fake news trump kind of character right right uh maybe not not quite as blatant as uh pedro pascal's character in wonder woman 84 right being being 80s trump but uh yeah i don't want want to talk about that (laughs) um yeah you know they they get in fights and you know gunfights with bad guys and stuff like that and they're always fine um, she doesn't speak English, but when they're in an action sequence, she always understands what he wants. Right. Just kind of, right. you know, there's, I mean, for not speaking English, like they do communicate in other ways. Right. So yeah. it's not completely far-fetched. It's just a very, you know, it's like the Westerns. It's like the early Westerns from the fifties and sixties that were just very clean kind of now there is profanity in this movie yeah. which is kind of strange for how how family friendly the rest of it is right the story and everything but um yeah i mean i watched it with um all of my family that are here from my parents down to my youngest sister and everybody enjoyed it like there's nothing the only it sounds like i'm kind of down on it and it the only reason that is it's because it's it's not it's not very adventurous which is fine. It just, you know, we've definitely seen movies that take a risk on something and then end up flopping, right? Yeah. Like, I cert- I certainly would call, um, what's that Ridley Scott thing we watched? I've already forgotten what it's called. Oh, uh, Raised by Among Wolves. Wolves. Yeah, or Raised by Wolves, yeah. I would, I would call Raised by Wolves adventurous, but I didn't like it. Yeah. I, you know, got to the end and was just confused. Yeah. Um, this is is the opposite of that like you're you always are you know are pretty clear you know understand pretty well what's going on there are no major surprises there's you know there are heartfelt moments they're they're you know bordering on a little hallmarky at points but you know it's tom hanks yes the kind of stuff that he does and does very well it's uh you know it's a movie that well I'll just say it's a feel good movie. It is. For, for, but for better or worse. That that being um, said, I actually about three quarters of the movie was um becoming uh was it emotionally drained a little bit with the not not quite, but the the uh, text. I would say emotionally text because everything they were going through in their bit of a somewhat of a hero's journey was like the worst. Like it, it, they could never catch a break. True, everything in this true. world felt awful at every turn there there was there was no pleasant moments for these this little girl and did we say even the point of this i know people haven't watched this that he finds this little girl who has been um 
raised by Indian Indians after after those same Indians killed her family, um, and right. then the Indians so were killed. So they called her. She's an orphan she was twice the youngest over. in a. Yeah, she's an orphan twice over. Right. She's a a child of a family of German immigrants who was raised by uh, K- Kiwani. K- no, that's not it. They say the tribe. Right. It's it's um I think northern Texas. Yeah. Somewhere. And and um, so the, this girl start it starts off with you know he's having a rough day anyway and then he finds this girl and she's had a real bad time of it and can't find anything and then they go to a town and it's the the union soldiers are not nice and no one's good and helpful and then at every turn through the whole movie it's just so bad like it just everything was so bad and they're constantly scraping to get by he's got birdshot in his gun and has to use money just to survive and scrape by these child rapists you know um mm-hmm. and then straight from there they go into the next terrible thing that's going to happen and indians are looming and then it was just by the time the movie ends it was like they just need a break just just catch one the, break you know the one i i know i just spent a lot of time being kind of backhand a compliment with this movie but the one thing that i saw that i had not seen before and i've not seen a lot of westerns but mm-hmm. this is texas it's not you know the dakotas yeah right where where deadwood is and actually the one of the actors at least one of the actors was in deadwood yeah was in this movie um but uh the tom hanks character and most of the characters he interacts with um well not most because he, he interacts with both he is a former um confederate officer the they call him captain because mm-hmm. he was an army captain for the confederacy and this is 1870 so it's just five years after the civil war um and in i don't know if this was true nationwide at the federal level but at least in texas um confederate officers weren't allowed to carry sidearms right it's like you yeah. know they were disarmed after after the war um and they do anyway because it's the west and they're out in the wilderness fighting to survive um but that's kind of interesting and comes up a little bit in the beginning like he'll meet different characters and the way that they treat him and he treats them and their whole interaction is is affected by this fact of um now not him because he's tom hanks he's completely unflappable but all of the other like people around him are either union soldiers who don't want to be there right like the the federal government sent them in to you know enforce uh you know the disarming and keep the peace and all of these things that they're not doing really well because they signed up to fight a war not be cops and you know they don't want to be in texas they probably want to be back home in pennsylvania or whatever yeah um and then of course all the confederate uh uh, former officers and soldiers are just completely like downtrodden and and you know playing a victim for their situation in life having lost their rebellion um right and that creates some interesting dynamic tension that you know um gives a little different color to this world than than um i say this world like it's a like it's um 
not not our know, world, a fa- right? A, a fantasy, a fantasy sci-fi world, but the history, right? Like the world of the Wild West is not like it was a thing that exists existed, but it's gone. It only existed for a couple decades, and then was told and retold in a variety of ways, starting in like the 1930s or something. Um, and so it really is like a mythical place, um, right? Depending on how it's told in what way yeah and and the i agree that this the the thing about this one a lot of times you'll see in movies is you know the war was a bloody terrible war the civil war and when it was over people just wanted to go home to their families and you know they come back to the south and it's devastated uh houses burned farms burned you know slaves freed and your hope and a lot of your loved ones are dead so it's just it, it a lot of most movies when it deals with this after the Civil War time, it's it's either the North trying to, to push progression and the South trying to just like, you know, um, come back home beaten and, and hurt and down. This one gave the idea that like of the people who were still angry, like they didn't want to quit. Right. They, they didn't want they were in Texas and they're still not my president type stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and well, it, pres- I mean, Grant, President Grant was a union officer. Yeah. Right. Who, right. Who led a, many union victories. Exactly. Right? So like to them, he's this he's this butcher general. And now he's supposed to be their president. Like that puts a li- little. Right. And, a little and the union officers who just who just killed them and their friends and their families are now yeah. in their t- towns and, and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's kind of. It's kind of wild to try to try to picture, but you know, imagine living through that and going, you know, you're you're you know, depend pretend that the guy who you were following, who was your president, was a rebel, and there was a war, and you lost the war, and so now you are you know, your president is a different guy, and he's a guy who was one of those generals who fought against you in the war, who led battles where hundreds of thousands you know hundreds of thousands yeah. but that would be the whole war but tens of thousands of your you know your people from your state your area you know all got killed and now he's supposed to be your president it's a little yeah and know. and so when he comes and reads news about that it's very difficult the now this movie does still do a good job of while it paints the union officers as you know, not like the the conquering heroes or the benevolent people who are kind to help you out. You know, that that's not, they don't, it doesn't paint them as them. It doesn't necessarily paint them as evil either, but it doesn't paint them as like helpful, nice, you know, people. They, they also, uh, and while they, they're not also painting the losing Confederates as being, you know, people who are being squashed and pushed down, they are a little bit, but they're also, re, they also reinforce that the people who are holding on to these bad you know, ideals of still wanting slavery and racism and hatred um, are still bad, right? They're, even though they're, they're you know, may, the union officers may not be the nicest ones, they're still, you know, killing Indians and they're still, you know, hitting slaves and beating them and putting them to work and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, 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 it plays the, it does, it's not trying to, I don't think it ever was trying to preach to me. Let's put it that way. It was never trying to tell me, that this is what no. I should think of a situation. It was just trying to present what it might have been in this world in northern Texas at this time. And this people, these 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 two, this guy and this little girl has to traverse this 
environment to just get through to where they need to go. Just to get through and survive. And for how, for how kind of emotionally, you know, heartwarming and all of that, that this story is, it really does paint whether it's accurate or not, but it paints a very quote unquote realistic or grim view of the wild west. It really did. It really did. Like everybody at every turn on all sides, like you're either the, the native people who have their own kind of issues of, of racism and nationalism, or, you know, the, the natives are around and they're uh, hostile and dangerous and they're military on, on both sides. And, um, there are really no, like, almost no allies anywhere anywhere they go. Anybody is a potential, um, you know, threat. It, it really, it really was, and and I did notice that uh, as the, as they were traveling at one point, um, something this doesn't do that a lot of westerns, a lot of westerns like to do is is show you what the good parts of being there. And I don't mean like the people, but like people went out west because it was this open, large world where it was beautiful. It was deadly and dis- and, and terrifying. But when they're on their trip, which took, you know, 90 minutes to do um, and tons of bad things happened, they didn't show the probably month that they spent on the road in beautiful country camping out and having this, you know, scenic views and stuff. They They just showed you after you just killed three guys after trying to escape the pedophile rapists right into the Indians attacking or the, you know, the the Trump guy. It just was, they never showed you any of the, why would you ever want to live in the West type stuff? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. So moving on from that, it it passing, while I did show you that um, the, it made the, the journey worth it, right? The end when, when he decides to, uh, that he wants to raise her type thing, it makes it feel wonderful and good. And that he is going to, you know, she deserves something better than what she's ever gotten. Um, I was glad that they didn't push the whole family thing too much. Like the guy got his gun and was a little angry, the uncle, but then just kind of let it go, mm-hmm. which I was like, Oh good. I didn't want to go through another terrible war fight to get her back. Another gun, gun fight. Yeah. Um, so I, I was, I was glad for that. Um, and then when she got, they got together and the hug was, was, was fantastic. And, and then the, at the end when they showed them together doing the dime thing, you know, and her stomping the feet with it, uh, newspaper i was like it was so good and mm-hmm. i'm glad mm-hmm. i did it so i liked it i did moving out of there into final judgments i really enjoyed this movie it was fun it was emotionally draining at some times but when you know if you like a, a a show that comes out and has a difficult journey for its protagonists with an ending that that makes you feel satisfied i, I think this is definitely gives you that yeah, it has all of those those satisfying story arcs of like uh, Apollo thirteen or to an extent Saving Private Ryan, though that's probably one of the more uh, difficult sort of movies that Tom Hanks has done. Um, it it does have profanity, but it's it's so so I wouldn't call it family friendly. But in the in the spoiler section, I use the expression uh, heartwarming, and it's definitely that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the other one, speaking of not necessarily heartwarming, so we we finished <laughs> the stand, and I know we've kind of been mildly talking about it week to week. Yeah, we haven't passively. we haven't talked about it with specifics uh, since the first handful of episodes, and then we bring it up every week, and I I always say the same thing, and my opinion has not changed now having seen all of it. Um, 
I guess I'm going to ring the bell because we're done with the show. Um, if you've read the book, uh, you know how the story goes, but we're going to talk about the story a little bit, probably in the... Before the spoilers, the... I will say, to add to what you just said, Dennis, this doesn't necessarily end like the book or the show did. No. It's yeah. it's slightly it's slightly off from, from the book and the show. So if you have... I mean, I haven't seen the miniseries. I always say that, yeah, so I don't right. know. But if you are already familiar with this story, but still want to see exactly what and how is is changed in the in the uh conclusion in the ending um then i'm gonna hit the bell for that as well uh okay uh i mean i can just at the top repeat the thing that i've said every week (laughs) it's both i don't know how you you adapt this story with more with more time like i don't think whatever we got like eight hours was um was insufficient like it needed to be you know five seasons of of story but it really in nine episodes to get introduced to characters who you know go through their their arc and their journey and then die it just felt like i don't know it just felt rushed like i wasn't emotionally invested in hardly anything yeah I this that is exactly how I felt about the first time I watched this the miniseries the original one in the nineties and it's exactly how I felt about this one and and I and I now I have to and then also this one which we'll talk about soon had a, a, an extra chapter at the end that the other ones don't and all that did to me was serve to to prove out the point that I feel that other people didn't quite get anything out of it either and this was meant to. To, to try to say, okay, this is what we're really wanting you to get out of this ending. Um, and I, and I didn't know, feel that either. I don't know where this movie sits in Stephen King's body of work. I know that it was published in the 70s. Yeah. So at least I think that that's true. So it it might be early. Honestly, I don't know. Um, but even after listening to the audiobook and, you know, thinking about the story... I'm like, okay, so a super flu happens, a deadly virus, over 99.9% deadly, so, you know, complete opposite of COVID, Um, and almost all the population of Earth dies within a week, Uh, catches it and dies. And then, you know, people start to, you know, head out from their towns, maybe go to the CDC, whatever, and they start to meet up. You know, they have a little adventures along the way, but they're all having the same dream about Mother Abigail. They find her. They hang out there for a few days and then go on to Boulder, Colorado, set up a town um, or, you know, the Boulder is there. But they, they set up a settlement in that city. And meanwhile, Randall Flagg, the avatar of Satan, um, is setting up his own settlement in Las Vegas. That's, you know, a hive of scum and villainy. Mm-hmm. And and then Randall Flagg sends one of his guys to go get the warhead of a nuke from a nearby missile silo. Yeah. And when he brings it back, it explodes and Las Vegas is nuked. It's a literal deus ex machina. Yeah. Like there's this there's this conflict and this like what's going to happen kind of tension. And then it's just resolved. Yeah. Um, which even reading the book, I was like, what? what am I supposed to, what am I supposed to get out of it? Like it's more overtly um, 
spiritual and, and almost religious than maybe not any other Stephen King, but most of the Stephen King I've read is much more abstract. Yeah. And, it it you know, felt psychological. like psychological. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted them to lean even like, it felt like it was too wishy-washy. If you're, if you're going to go this topic, lean into it. Like, right. like really lean into it. Like make the guy at the end have horns come out of his head and really be like the, the fairy tale Satan that you're going to, or have God himself come, you know, voice like this when they basically had the hand of God, they did in this version. But um, the, it, it just didn't lean into it enough for me to feel like, okay, now you're, re- you are, you're, 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 you're giving us a religious story, which is fine with yeah. the new thing. That's what you you choose to do. But he did it. He felt like he was, but he wasn't going to really do it. And and yeah, it was wishy washy. It was like yeah. half in and 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 half out. Um, now I do have a question because yeah. I've not seen the old miniseries, yeah. but can you summarize how that ends? Uh, it, it has been almost thirty years now since I've seen it, but. Uh, All right. Were there things in the in the ending of this that stuck out to you as being different from what you remember? Yes, hundred percent. Okay, few of them, I will say. I'm sure there is books being written about how these the differences were. Um, but one is that uh, uh, they don't show everybody dying the way they died. Like it, I think that this one felt like the original Stand miniseries wasn't didn't give the viewer satisfaction enough to. You know, the, the bad guys got their comeuppance. Like this one showed okay. every bad guy get killed, right? Every mm-hmm. bad, not pro- antagonist, uh, get killed. Yeah. St- starting with starting with Amber Heard jumping off the balcony and hitting that dry pool. Yeah. Uh, swimming pool. To then when the the spark, the hand of God thing happens, which I don't remember from the book. That was not in the, at all. In the miniseries either. So, yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure if this was, you know, maybe a little bit of a Watchmen situation where, um, you know, the ending was slightly different or if, you know, the, the audiobook that I, I listened to of the book had original content put back in um, because the book, the, the physical first edition book was um, edited just for length. And yeah. so Stephen King put the content back in. And I wasn't sure if some of that was in the conclusion, because aside from the hand of God thing, like... The epilogue stuff in the last episode followed the book a lot. I don't oh, know okay. if I don't know if there was any of the stuff with the well and the vision and all that, but it ends the same way with Randall Flag on the um on the island with that, the That's interesting because tribe. the the way and, and again, remember it's been thirty years, so my memory isn't the best, but I, I, I almost definitely remember it ending was it ended with the nuke. Like that was the end, and yeah. they they Which, went there. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, didn't they get crucified? I thought that the three people who went got crucified. Um, that's possible. And I, I have to go back. But they uh, so that was different. All the people got attacked. The the in this one, the hand of God thing came down and lightning. You know, it, it the storm hand uh, gripped the hotel, and the the lightning bolt comes down and starts raining destruction on everybody. And then the thing goes off. In the miniseries, before, if I remember correctly, he comes into town with the the nuclear warhead, and he's like, he's not supposed to be here, and then it goes off. And that's the end. And you're like, oh, okay, they got, evil got there, you know, turn it upon themselves and undoes themselves. I think that felt like the moral. It's like, you know, if you're good, you'll sure. you'll do it. And, and I think you were really stretching to say like, oh, the three people in there were the ones taking the stand. 
But again, just like, was it Ray? Was that her name? The the lady that went of the three? She mm-hmm. said, like, I didn't know the point of it. She vo- voiced my opinion, like, I don't know the point of all this. Like, why is she going there? Why did they need to be there for that? Right? It, it then None of that made any sense. They Mother Abigail, through God, told those three or four to go to, to, to New Vegas, where they were immediately captured, immediately tortured, and then immediately killed. There was nothing that came of it. Yeah, I don't know, you know, if I want to, and I know you're not going to like this, but if I asked that question because I just was like, oh, well, this is how it was in the book. Um, None of this is ever explained, but if I want to put an interpretation on that from what I I see, um, the uh, Greg Kinnear's character... um, uh, man, so Ray, close. Roy, Roy. No, 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 no. Sort of the D I think maybe. Yeah. Um, maybe not. Anyway, yeah. it's not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Glenn, 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 yeah. Glenn Bateman. He sows a seed of doubt in, uh, the dark man's following. Right. And yeah. so you get, you get the sense that his power is diminished when he doesn't have worshipers. Yeah. Th- and, this version does show a little bit more of that. True. And they and they start to turn the crowd, um, Ray and and more so um, uh, Larry, yeah, Larry Underwood do with their you know I will fear no evil chant. Yeah. And so maybe you're supposed to think that they have to they have to go there and stand against this evil to create to weaken it enough that the hand of God can intervene and now and that maybe that would have made that's sense. what you're supposed I would have, to if they could have leaned into that more like like, like they made caused that a, it made that a little more clear yeah um, i i didn't get that but when the way you're explaining it that makes a better ending to for me like the fact that you take a stand makes evil weak weak and then allows good to to come in if that's the moral but as we started out in the beginning of this, when I said I didn't get that, it was just kind of like, okay, then the bad guys do it. Um, so moving into the uh, addendum, the extra thing, this whole last episode that they had, I don't believe at all was in the original miniseries. Um, the part with the well and then Franny and him going off from Boulder, none of that was in the movie uh, or in the, the miniseries. So I watched it and it almost felt like, oh, there's a whole nother story mini story being written here uh for just one extra thing and it's it's surprising to me now that you you're telling me that it was that was in the book um so i didn't see the point of it i guess and i and i actually didn't get any of i didn't understand any of the metaphysical parts of it except for when she uh refused satan which was that part i got that that made sense um, but I didn't know what Mother Abigail was trying to tell him besides telling her she'd have a lot of babies. Um, yeah, I think the the high points of that, the whole sort of epilogue with them going back to Maine, like that was the same. I don't remember if any of that stuff with the well and the vision and the healing, like if any of that um, was in the book. Yeah, what 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 was the little girl, which I, what, was young Mother Abigail? I What, uh, that, what was... What was that? That's my that's my best explanation. Yeah. What? Why? When I did, none of that made any sense and, and served zero purpose to the sh- to the to the show at all. 
except to basically make them a Mary Sue that like, yeah, if you get, if you do a stupid thing, like when you're not there and you've got a baby in the, on the porch, you decide you're going to go in a creaky well that has old wooden slats. What an idiot, you know? Um, and you crash down and almost die that you're going to have a, a, a random angel come and and heal you magically. That they just made no sense whatsoever. I totally did not need that last episode. Um, and then you're going to have to explain to me the Island part because Randall Flagg tells her just out of nowhere shows her a vision of a of a people who have never been uh, seen human other humans before and then says, OK, well, we're done talking about that. And then the last scene is him going there and killing one of them and wanting him to be worshipped. I don't understand what that was about, why we had that, what even means or what is it? Why do we care? I'm. I'm almost certain that's how the book ends. Okay. And I think it's just to reinforce that, like, him needing, um, n- you know, needing worshipers, needing followers kind of thing. I mean, the implications are kind of, are kind of heavy if you think that, like, all of the, you know, all of the civilized world that's left in Boulder and, you know, that is in communication that all you know, the people immune from the flu are all you know, good and godly and, and however you want to define that in the, in this, in this mythology and that the evil and the wickedness comes from like pagan tribes in the, in the jungle and the islands kind of thing. It's a, it's got some weird problematic implications, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's where the move, the show ended with me of this really confusing. I don't know what to think about it. Not because it's bad. It's just, I don't know what what they were, and he, they really pushed the word "take a stand, do a stand" in that last episode, like they were. Yeah, they I didn't get it the I don't first remember time. Remember that from this. the book. I, I that that did feel like a thing that the writers put in the show just to, uh, just to make sure it was really clear. <laughs> right, because on. I did not get that. Like from the from the you know Larry and them going to Las Vegas and then um, being tortured, beaten, and 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 killed in a bomb uh, did not show a reason why I should like, I should not take a stand. It did not help that Larry took a stand. It did not at all. Now with your, your explanation that totally, totally does. Uh, but mm. other, other, and I don't know if that's your explanation or the actual explanation, but with that explanation, it makes sense. But otherwise I did not get why taking a stand in the stand, anyone should do it. <laughs> Just stay in Boulder and they'll blow up on their own. It's totally cool. Um, yeah, that's how it seemed to me. But uh, again, it's, you know, the way I described it is what makes sense to me when you I like that the better. Question, I like, like, that. like, why were they there? I guess I had never considered it. I mean, like I said, I listened to the audiobook while I was working on my house. I was not, you know, giving it a lot of active thought. I was just following the, yeah. the chain of events. So, so here, here we get this last episode and it's like, okay, you always got to take a stand. You have to take a stand. You got to make sure you take a stand. And then the last thing they say was they're looking at the sea in Michigan. The point is to take a stand. And like, okay, mm. you, you, you really have to let us know why, why your eight maybe episodes that, were. <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's why the villagers on the, on the Island were that. Cause they kneel. They kneel. Right. Yeah, see, they're, yeah. they're not standing. So final, I know we did final judgments already, but final question for you is that, uh, would you recommend people to watch this? I, I'm not going to tell everyone in our our friend group that, Hey, you should go watch the stand. 
not because it's bad, just because um, I don't know if it's worth. I don't, yeah, it's a it's a hard thing to recommend. Like the you know the the beats of the story are there, but it's it's such an odd story. I don't. Yeah, I, and and I don't think yeah, the direction or the acting did any injustices to it. They were all great and fine. Yeah, the acting was all great. The the you know the it was well made. Yeah, I just don't know. Um, you know, as I always say, I never saw the original yeah. miniseries. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, don't... maybe it was a, maybe that story was one of those things that when told or when you read it at the time of that it was read makes a difference. I mean, like the, maybe the, the overtness of talking of including Satan and, and you know the modern times and you know death with an apocalypse with uh, a modern day apocalypse maybe that was something that really you know stuck with people with this story because i can i can tell you right now that i'm not second guessing second guessing stephen king he's one of the legendary writers but mm-hmm. at least in the <laughs> 70s with this story it didn't feel like he fleshed it out enough or i'm only going by the show of course but um, or had a, had a goal enough for me to really recommend people to go watch this for eight hours. Right, and, right. Um, no, it's not bad. Good, good for the people who did it and were in it. And good job. But yeah, there's there's other things that are probably better in your limited time to watch. I would really actually, I would recommend people watch News of the World instead of The Stand mm. that, that we would watch. Well. That was something else. Do we have do we have something next week that we were planning on watching? We didn't talk about that off the air. Um our buddy Cogswell, Brian Cogswell, mentioned a movie okay. uh that I found online. Is this the same guy that loves uh Superman three of all time, best superhero movie of all time? Which yes. it's, it's yes. not really disputed. That's a pretty great movie, but we had him on to talk about uh Casablanca. Yes. But a movie called Nothing But Trouble. Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, John oh my Kennedy, gosh, okay, sure, and Demi Moore. I saw so, that. I saw that today, right in in the eighties, uh, nineteen ninety one, I guess. Um, I'd never so heard of this, so I'm I'm a little. I don't eerie. know anything about this, but based on the cast, I mean, we're just. I I ask every week for recommendations, and so somebody yeah. gave us one, and that's that's we'll a good that's a good idea. That's a good idea. We hey, real quick, did you see that there's a coming to America too? I did not see that. I don't know what 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 did that happen? When did that happen? I had no idea that was happening. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. Th- th- I just know that was we talked about that just a couple weeks ago because I watched it and and then all of a sudden I saw Coming to America too. And I'm like, what is happening? The same actors and actresses in the whole movie are in in the first one or in this one. Came out of nowhere. It's on Amazon. So <laughs> like, okay, weird. We so weird. This COVID time movie times mm-hmm. we have. It, it was nice to watch News of the World which felt like a, a new good piece of content movie. Right. You know, um, now, so cool, man. I think we got it. I think we, we won. We won today. All right. Uh, next week we'll be talking about nothing but trouble a little bit and probably a lot about, uh, blizzard games. So we're yes. Hopefully watch the BlizzCon line stuff and, and talk about excited it. about that. Yeah. It's, it's not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a huge blizzard fanboy, but I'm a fan of blizzard. How's that? <laughs> Yeah, I've played all of their games. I like most of them. Yeah. Uh, and and, so, and they yeah. and they do presentations really well. They do. They do. Yeah. So excited. Cool, man. All, all right. right. 
All right. You've been listening to The Front Porch. This episode 182. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, if you want to reach out to us and recommend your favorite random 80s or 90s uh, uh, John Candy movie, you can reach us via email. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com or go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com. You know the drill. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on all of the places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, etc. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.